welcome to How to Build a Village, a podcast about creating communities when you move to new places. I'm Jill Martin-Wren, and joining me now is a dear friend, Katie Pisa, who has moved more than I think anyone else I know. (laughs) Welcome, Katie. And one of the things that wows me about you is how great you are about building wonderful communities when you move to a new place. So what's your secret? How have you managed to make friends and make new places feel like home when you've moved? Well, hello, and thank you very much. And I love that you make it sound like I'm an expert at this, because every time I do it, I feel <laughs> I feel as if um, I'm starting over again. But I think there are, and looking back now, I've moved, I think I counted, I've moved 22 times in my life. However, with children, I've lived in various countries. And so that always felt a little bit more uh, weighty, obviously, when you're taking lots of people with you and, and trying to settle everyone. But one thing someone told me on my first posting with a, as a family was just say yes to everything you hear about and everything you're introduced to when you first arrive. I took that advice when we moved to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia in 2009. And my eldest was one at the time. And just, just anything that would come up within, uh, my husband's with the embassy, so British embassy. So you have that community. So that opens a lot of doors. But then Anything else outside of that, whether it be a a book club, meeting for tea with locals or volunteering, you know, through my freelance work, I've had some opportunities. Just say yes to everything that you're invited to, at least go once, and then you can decide, you know, is this for me or is this really not quite my thing and I'll, I'll give it a miss next time. But just being open, being really positive about everything that comes your way. I think a lot of people move somewhere and then they kind of freeze and think, okay, I've got to get set up. And then six months go by and you haven't tried to really throw yourself out there. So I think it's just really crucial to, to keep a very, very open mind um, when you go anywhere new and, it, it, and, and accept that it's going to be tough for a while. I think someone once told me it takes 18 months to really settle in. But I think after six to 12 months, you know, usually you can sort of get your feet on the ground somewhere. How has having kids made moving harder? So I guess... The challenge with kids is that you have all these other people to to please and think about, and um, depending on their ages, you know they've had a different different needs at each each move that we've done. You know, when they were really little, it was just about keeping them happy and finding play groups. And and um, as they got older and into school, um, you know, it was much more about having a friend or someone that they could connect with that just instantly could make wherever you are feel like home if you've, if you've made that one connection. I always say to them, it just takes one one friend really and it just opens up so many doors. But, and it hasn't always been easy. So I guess, you know, you see your success through their happiness at times and which which I don't know is a good thing or not, but, um, you know, that has has made postings that were maybe my dream posting more difficult because maybe one one child wasn't happy for a while. And so it, it always, there's, there's always a juggling act. It's a, it's a real balancing act. And um, I think eventually, just over time, wherever we've been, we do finally get into our groove. And unfortunately, that's usually for us, it's always been around the year two mark, and we've always had three-year postings. So that final year, when you're really enjoying where you are, um, you're also kind of mentally preparing to leave. And I think that has, that has its downsides as well. But um, just keeping a really positive attitude for the kids, obviously, is, is incredibly important for their happiness and and for my own. And so how do you deal with this, the goodbyes? Because when, when you move a lot of places and you're successful in making it feel like home, you have a lot of goodbyes. So how That's have you part. handled I, that? 
just, um, so we moved back from Athens, Greece, just uh, a year and a few months ago. And we said our goodbyes. It was all very rushed. It was summer. We were excited to come back to London because we have friends and we had our home to come back to here. However, um, there's still not a day that goes by that I don't think of someone who we became close friends with or that we made a connection with. And, you know, just, just that sadness that we haven't been able to just hop on a plane and go back and visit like I had envisioned. So, you know, we try to keep in touch through phone calls or Facebook or sending photos or whatever, but it's definitely the hardest part. I, I get emotionally connected to people wherever I go. And there are always going to be two or three people wherever you've lived. I think that, you know, you can feel this, this bond with that you would rather not say goodbye to, um, especially for children too. I, I think it's, it's really hard, but just reassuring yourself that, you know, you're going on to the next great adventure and, and you have to look back on your life as a sort of patchwork of all these great people that you've met throughout. Um, but that's also hard because then you see people who've lived in one place all their lives and they have that sort of circle of friends that is very strong and you don't necessarily have that. You have to build on that and it takes, it can take many years. So I'd say that's the real downside to moving quite frequently. And have you managed to stay in touch with people who you've met along the yes, way? Yes. I mean, I think we're really lucky now because even versus Malaysia in 2009, um, we didn't have WhatsApp. We didn't have, I don't know, maybe Facebook Messenger existed then. It probably did. But it just feels like there are so many means of avenues of communication now that we didn't have years ago. So it is easy. But however, you know, talking to someone on the phone or having a Zoom call definitely makes you feel more in touch than just sending a message. So we try, we try to carve out time. You can't keep in touch with everyone, but um, we do with those that we felt closest with. And and I, I always think for each child, you know, if they can just keep in touch with maybe one or two people from everywhere we've been, then that will, you know, they'll carry those friendships through their lives, I hope. And, and we have, we've had, you know, luckily from Greece before the lockdown, lots of people would come over here for their school half term. So we would meet up with them in London and, and hopefully we can do the same soon, going to see them. But um, it, it, you do have to work on it, but it is important. That's one of the great things about London is in normal times, it's a great hub that people do tend to come through here. So it's a good way to stay in touch with people. They can come Absolutely. to you. Now, do you have a, a favorite move from all the ones, both with or without kids? A favorite move? Um, funny. I, I Well, I feel like I moved, when I moved to New York, I, I was leaving London to go to New York. And that was such an exciting time. I was young and single and had this career ahead of me. And I arrived in New York City with literally two suitcases. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but a friend said, you can come and stay with me in my like grungy flat in Brooklyn. And, and um, the taxi driver dropped me off and he's like, you're staying here. You know, what are you doing here? <laughs> this isn't a safe area. And I, but it all, it felt so magical in the way that, you know, I arrived and then two weeks later I found an apartment and then I found a job and it was just very exciting. That was probably a real highlight for me, but then each move has had its, its benefits. And I would, I look back very fondly on our time in Malaysia because my, my twins were born there. So that's going to hold many memories for me forever. And just, it was a very exotic place to be in my mind. And, and the travel there was fantastic. My, I think when I was pregnant with the twins, I was traveling around Cambodia with my one-year-old and so many things that I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do. Greece was fantastic and beautiful in a totally different way. And, and we felt that we've timed each posting very well in terms of where we were in our lives with our kids' ages and things too, because certain places probably wouldn't be ideal with a 
a baby or a toddler. And so we've been very lucky in that respect. Mm. And now we're back here and, and London, though it's home, has its own challenges. I mean, I think that's the problem when you've been abroad is you're always kind of comparing places and no place is perfect, but you, you can't help yourself, you know, in the middle of winter in London, when it's dark at 3.45 thinking, oh gosh, I really miss that Greek sunshine right now. You know, it, it, it's constantly there and you have to really be aware of that, that you don't, tr- you know, trying to focus on, try not to focus on the negative, I should say, because each place does have its its beautiful aspects. And in, in terms of meeting people, you've been so great about joining book clubs wherever you go. How have you managed to find the, the book clubs or similar groups to join? in a new place? I think really, um, again, what I said about putting yourself out there. So I think in, in Athens, um, one of the, the other moms I met at school had started a book club and she was actually an Irish woman who had set it up and she was then leaving when I was arriving, but it was, it had grown into quite a nice group. So she introduced me to that and, um, that was fantastic. And then obviously I'm in a book club here in London with you and we have a a great international group of women. And so I think just finding those connections for me, just having a couple of groups of, of friends that you, that you have something in common with. Um, I also really, I started playing tennis again when I was in Greece, I had a little more free time on my hands and that also led to another wonderful group that I formed. And I have friendships with those women, you know, hopefully forever we still WhatsApp each other and send each other birthday messages. And it's really important for, for me, anyhow, to, to have those groups to, to feel more connected to a place. So again, you know, I guess just, just finding out about opportunities, maybe because I'm quite outgoing at times, you know, just asking around and saying what's on offer here. Usually if you look hard enough, you will find those opportunities. And how have you managed to reinvent your career as you've if you've gone along, you've had a knack of having these really cool, interesting jobs as, as you've gone and then modifying in each new country as you also learn the language like you did in Greece. How have you managed to do that, to keep your skills sharp and to find new professional opportunities when you um, move? Well, thank you. I, I feel like some of it is hard work and then some of it is a bit serendipitous. So for example, I left a full-time job at CNN when we moved to Malaysia and had a couple more kids. And then when we came back to London, was able to sort of cobble my freelance career around that, which was fantastic. And then after building that and moving to Greece, I tried to carry on with that and write for some other publications. But I also had just a weird opportunity come up that, well, actually through the children, they started doing voiceovers in Greece for an English language publisher, which was who, who's based there. And, and then I got the opportunity to do that as well. So just kind of, again, being open, you just don't know what's around the corner. And I think that's the part of being abroad that I love. There's so many unexpected little surprises, usually things that you never would have imagined in your wildest dreams that, that, that end up happening, which, which has always been the case. So I think trying to, trying to keep busy, but also trying to keep the old CV resume going so that when you do come back from being abroad, it's not completely blank has been, has been important. So I've always tried to keep in touch with old colleagues and just through word of mouth, keeping, keeping myself in the game, so to speak a little bit. And, and it's not always easy. I won't lie, especially this past year, I think with, with the pandemic, no one expected all this. So we are, yeah. we're all sort of wondering what's going to happen. But yeah, just keeping an open mind and evolving to whatever has come about 
that might be down your alley, or it could be something totally new. And I'm actually, you know, through learning languages as well, I think that just helps integrate more into a, a place, you know, people know you're trying to make an effort and that also can help open other doors. And so how do you, when you, when you have bouts of, of homesickness or during a pandemic year, what, what are your coping mechanisms? How do you, how do you manage when, you know, the nights when it does get dark really early and you are missing sunshine or you're missing family far away, what's your advice for looking it's, at It's hard. Um, I try to stay busy as we can't do a lot of sports and things right now. Um, I've been taking lots of walks and doing short runs. I try to, you know, because you can meet up with a friend outside, try to schedule to meet someone every so often to go for a power walk, whatever. Tennis is going to start again tomorrow. So uh, I've booked myself in to play <laughs> play some tennis. Um, so I guess just, just keeping busy and doing things that makes you happy. I usually don't really completely deck the house out with Christmas because we usually travel, but this year we're going to be here and it's dark. And so we went out and bought our first ever real Christmas tree. And, you know, putting all the lights up and it looks really pretty. So you have to think, okay, it's dark, but then we've got all these beautiful sparkly lights all around us. So just trying to look at the little everyday things in a way that makes it more special. And, you know, I, I think it's just, everyone has their own coping mechanisms. And, and this year is definitely so strange for all of us. Also, you know, just just trying to to think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully soon. And you know, just, just stay busy, stay active, try and stay as healthy as we can and dream about the travel that, you know, we, we appreciate, we look back on old photos and appreciate it so much more now. I think we were in this kind of cycle of where are we going to book our next holiday? And, and you and I have talked about this before. It's like, you feel this pressure when your kids are off school, that you're supposed to be going somewhere and doing something and, and, you know, posting something and proving to someone that you have this, this cool new holiday. And it's almost been a relief not to feel that pressure. You know, we can't go anywhere. So let's just enjoy being home and the slower pace actually won't be here forever. So let's just enjoy that. So just, just kind of mentally trying to appreciate the fact that this isn't the norm and, and what benefits that has brought us as well. What would you say is home having lived a lot of places. So what do you say when people say, where are you from? It's interesting. A friend who's a really skilled expat once told me, she said, Katie, you just have to give them a one, just a one word answer. Don't give them the whole story. <laughs> so I chose Michigan, even though um, I did not necessarily grow up there. My parents are both from there and we spent a lot of summers there. And so I just say Michigan, but, and, and I do try to get back there every summer with my, my kids now. So that does feel like home to me. However, I've never really spent a great deal of time living there. It's just been a place where we went every summer. I think if I were to dream about where I think I wanted home to be for the rest of my life, it was probably New York City. But now I've been in London for so many years that I guess it is home. I mean, I, I think I've spent more years here now than, than anywhere in my whole life. Even though I've come and gone four times here this is where my children's friends are. This is where, you know, where your doctor is, where you know the person at the coffee shop, I guess. But I think it's just anywhere that you mentally decide is going to become home. And for the moment, it's definitely London. But I feel like a piece of me is in a few other places mentally always. But that's okay. I guess we can dream about, you know, one day when we're older and we have more free time, maybe spend a couple of months a year in, in some other places. It's something to look forward to anyhow. I have a friend who's 
family had moved around a lot and and they were on holiday and someone asked one of her sons who was like eight, where are you from? And he said, I don't know. Oh. And her, she thought that was a sign that they shouldn't be moving right. so much. But it's like, right. maybe it's okay. Several different identities. Because what, what would your kids say if, if somebody asked them where they were from? I think they would just say London now. But there was a time when I guess they would say London because I guess unlike other expats, we London is our home and we've always come back here after each posting. So in a way, I'm sort of proud of that because, you know, we're not just these people who floated around for, for years and years without a base that we ever go back to. Because I think there is some difficulty in reintegrating into your normal life after you've been abroad for so many years. Mm. So I guess they would say London. But then if they wanted to give a longer answer, they could say, you know, I was born in Malaysia and I've lived in Greece. And, you know, it's an interesting story. I always tell them they're very lucky to have that because, you know, lots of people have, will just haven't had that opportunity to travel that much. So, and they appreciate it. Um, I think now as they get older, it does get a little bit harder. And so we've thought about the fact that maybe we're going to stay put for a while now until they're at a certain age or out of school. But who knows? I mean, you, you, you can never say never to opportunities but it does I think it does get a little bit trickier as they as a, as the kids get older well I'm really impressed with how many times you've moved and you've made it look easy even though oh, we know that it, it doesn't always feel easy. that way but thank you and to sort of add one more thing to that a friend in Greece once said to me that um she's like gosh you're really good at this you should just become a professional like woman who moves around <laughs> and I thought oh that's that's a huge compliment because it doesn't always feel that easy um I think you just get better at presenting yourself and, and, you know, just looking for the positives. And, um, you know, I did have one friend in our last posting who just, she just couldn't stand it. She couldn't stand being away from home. It was her first posting. She had very young children. Um, it wasn't for her. And she knew a year into it that that wasn't what she ever wanted to do again. So it definitely isn't for everyone. I am very happy to do it. And I'm lucky that I'm the kind of person that has been able to do it. But I think, you know, it's, it takes a certain type of person. And I like to, to remind my husband of that, <laughs> you know, that he's lucky that he has me too, because I, I, you know, a lot of, you know, partnerships would be really, really stressed because of that. Um, whereas I look at it, I look at it each time as an opportunity and an exciting adventure rather than, oh my gosh, you're making me move again. <laughs> that is uh that is a great way great way to look at it very inspiring thank you well thank you so much for your time and words of inspiration thank you jill thanks to everyone who joined us on this episode of how to build a village we look forward to seeing you next time